We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Monday, the ninth day of January, the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams and Ned. Bruce, we'll start with you today because Ned doesn't like to go first. So, Bruce, how are you today? I'm healthy and alive. Uh, doing well. Fantastic. Great to hear it. And Ned, since you're not first now, since you're, you're second, just, you know, because I didn't, didn't want to. No, no, yeah, how are you? When you've, re when you've reached my status, you don't have first or seconds. You just there man you're just out there so yeah i'm doing good i'm doing good the only one thing i gotta say is um it's time to nudge the people have a chat about things renew this push this positiveness yeah. to get yeah. it and build yeah, it yeah. up because I, I think agree. we've had a bit of um we've had a, we've had some happy times a few days of it and it's now to actually not forget what we've really got to do hang on a minute hang on a minute you nudge people i mean i, I thought you were talking about what they're they're now pushing now we're, we got to bring the masks back and and we got to talk about locking down and 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 testing and you know maybe reintroducing vaccine passports i thought that's what you're nudging i mean no, 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 you, no 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 in, in the, wor in the words of the great martin they can all <laughs> off there's the first beep <laughs> no i like that i like that nudging better so yeah let's uh, let's go that route however uh before we do there are some countries in southeast asia that are re-implementing their vaccine passport requirements for you to get into their countries so yeah we got that going for us so yeah and just so happens i i i'm going to um i'm going to shops and i'm seeing more and more masked idiots when i go into the shops so uh, the only thing i can surmise is that they are uh spinning the uh the propaganda machine back up on the mainstream media because that's the only thing i can i can possibly imagine that they're doing yeah well this is the stupidity of it all if the moss were there to do anything which they don't do actually other than they could, depending on your own respiratory system, cause you drowsiness and all manner of things. Um, if they say, well, it stop you from spreading COVID or the virus. But the point is to be able to be at the point where you're spreading it, you're already going to be showing symptoms and stuff like that. So the masks are pointless unless you want to just spit and chew on your own phlegm, you idiot. Yeah, we knew they were pointless. About it. I mean, there's what we saw... Uh, prior to, I want to say it was uh, the fall of 2022, last year, we we saw, I think it was in the fall, that by that time, there were well over 200 studies from various countries in, uh, you know, around the world saying these things are ineffective. And in fact, they actually do more harm than good. So yeah, we, we already knew that, but it just seems- Well, I'll tell you what, one, one for the eco people, if they'd like to see the pallets and pallets and pallets of masks and plastic face things that were left over from the last load of lockdowns that are sitting there and rotting and not doing the environment any good, um, I think you guys should either go and clean it up 
or actually put a bit of common sense in there and say, no, this is no good, even for the environment, let alone humanity. So, yeah, it's pointless. It just causes, it's just a massive negative. I really haven't got the time for that lot. Sorry, master no-no. You'll get no argument from me, I assure you. You're not going to get any argument from me at all. Bruce, you you look like you're ready to weigh in there. Go ahead. I I think the whole mask thing is um, just a way to drive up stocks in the PPE companies. So the <laughs> yeah, politicians probably. are making some money off of it. I think that's all that's going on. Oh, yeah. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, that the, is lobbying, true. the lobbying to make money and line your pockets. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bless yep. them. Yeah. The yes. good news is, is that uh, we've got uh, the head of the World Health Organization, uh, Tedros, oh, oh, whatever Tedros. his name is. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. He's Tedros. out today telling us all about the new variant. One of uh, the Omicron in- variants originally detected in October 2022 is XBB.1.5, a recombinant of two BA2 sublineages. It's on the increase in Europe and the U.S. and has now been identified in more than 25 countries. WHO is following closely and assessing the risk of the subvariant and will report accordingly. So you see they're already spinning the... Uh uh, the, the the propaganda machines back up. If I didn't know better, yeah, that guy makes me feel like many, many years ago, somebody found him with ripped up trousers in the gutter in a fifth world country, dragged him up and said, you're going to do this for me, you little gutter snipe. And he's just continued down those roads. And so he's just you- grown into the person they want him to be. And he still doesn't speak proper English. So you, He's a git. You've read how Bill Gates found him, <laughs> I take it. <laughs> Bill Gates probably sat on the curb and fondled him the next to Klaus Schwab. <laughs> Do you... Horrible um, people. I, I know you got a lot of stuff. Uh, maybe, we, maybe we can work this in later or we can talk about it now. It's up to you. I'll, I'll leave it up to you. Do you want to talk about the, uh, uh, the American football player? Uh, no. The Mar Hamlin case? I don't want to talk about no. America much at all. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, okay. I do, actually. All right. Just in case you might know this or might not know this. Uh-huh. There's two things about America. Because um, mm, which way should I go? First of all, baby Alex. Baby Alex? Heard of him? Poor little baby Alex in Washington? Right. In Washington, Spokane, I think it's called. Spokane? Spokane, Washington? Spokane, There's, Spokane. Either way. Spokane. There's a hospital called the Sacred Hearts Children Hospital, yeah? There was a baby required heart surgery. The parents blood from unvaccinated donors at the time of surgery the hospital said they couldn't find the blood and administered blood from their vaccinated stockpile the baby one day later produced a blood clot and died now the parents are accusing the hospital now now the baby's had surgery the hospitals agreed that the baby had surgery yeah but all of that baby's records have disappeared how does that happen uh, this that happens the same way that a high end official in Russia just falls out of a window and yeah. dies. Yeah, uh, exactly. Same, same thing. So that's happened in your country, and the reason I said that very briefly, and it is brief, but that isn't a nice thing. That isn't a nice thing because obviously there's ongoing things. And do you remember something about another baby in New Zealand where our favourite horse head is in government? Yeah. Is it mm-hmm. Jacinda? Is it Jacinda, Jacinda Ardern? Jacinda yes. Ardern. Oh, yeah. bless her. Yeah. Well, those those parents have got twins. Still breastfeeding. One of them is strong, but he he, he might need heart heart surgery. So they um 
uh, had donors and they said, well, we don't, we want to reduce the harm. So we've got donors to give unvaccinated blood. And there's been a long thing going on about the blood bank, the hospital and everything. No, 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 you can't do that. You've got to use our blood. I've gone, no, we don't. And it's been going on and on and on. And the government took it to court and got them to make a judiciary stand on it, right? So they had a lawyer called Sue Gray, and she um, actually went and did an open talk after the event with the World Council for Health, which are really trying to put things out there. Now, she represented the parents of the baby, right, who also needed this heart surgery. So the government was pushing this case that, even to the point where she had to ring up and ask the judge, hey, well, can you wait till I get there? I'm flying across the country. So he did. Right? It's been a long time. Now, the blood bank, the government, refused to allow such a thing to happen. The hospital doctor openly accused the parents of being conspiracy theorists. Right? Although, when, um, let's say, in court during the hearing facts and everything were presented about vaccine injury and stuff like that and they actually asked the doctor in the hospital what that doctor couldn't explain how the vaccine worked or what it was made up of or whatever but very vocal so the lawyer also brought in cardio specialist surgeons to give advice about the child so they'd examined the child and they said well okay there's an abnormality here but the child is quite strong still being breastfed this surgery can happen later on there is no rush for it but for some reason, the government wanted this to be pushed through. So in um, previous cases, which one of them they brought forward about the uh, New Zealand government, there was they were saying, look, you don't need to jump at this because previously, years ago, uh, when haemophilia was not really known or whatever, and you had strong ideas about this, several people died before you actually saw the light and it was handled correctly. Yeah, well, that seemed to fall on silent ears as well even the uh you could say verbal abuse about um uh, the theories and about being anti-vaxxers that happened in court and they even presented the case that i told you in the first place about baby alex and because there were no records that was dismissed out of court right so that even went out of court and then they stopped the hearing and as far as the parents were concerned this would continue on later but while they were back at the hospital the government then asked the judge to make a decision. The judge made a decision in favour of the government, handed guardianship over to the doctor of the hospital, of the child. The nurse went in, took the child at 11 o'clock at night with police escort away from its mother, who was later allowed to see her child, not do anything other than just, you know, not even hold it. And then there was a, a period of time and funny enough, the blood bank and the people like that took so long to find the correct blood, apparently. So whether they administered vaccinated or unvaccinated blood, we still don't know. And I haven't had an up-to-date status yet, but I do think the baby's all right. But they took the child away from its mother forcibly, and it is totally wrong. Me? You... you yeah, you you made a, a kind of a joke there uh, before we started in prep that uh, you'll bring stuff forward that would uh, get some ill thoughts from me. Um, if you go in and the government says we're going to seize your kid um, over my dead body, yeah, that is what most people would say. Yeah, it's simple as that. Now there is one thing 
And then this is going to happen more and more, yeah? There was a saying that came out after this. For all you Harry Potter people, unvaccinated patients who qu- require transfusions and want access to pure bloods, <laughs> pure blood, the Harry Potter people. Are you going to mention yeah? Switzerland? Because that's where I was going to, I was going to mention that. Yeah. There's a, a service called Safe Blood Donations. And actually... Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, the Safe sa- Blood the, Donations. The Swiss group, yeah. Safe Blood Donations, yeah. 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 yeah, and that is actually now operational in 16 countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you know that here in the United States, the law is um, if you have taken a experimental drug or you have like HIV, AIDS, you are not allowed to give blood. Interesting that um, we had what, like 60% of the population here in the United States that took a jab. All of them are barred from being able to give blood. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, it's not even drugs. In in this country, yeah, because um, I was in the services, they used to say, uh, have you been to Uruguay or have you been to this country or have you been to this other country in the last six months? If you have, sorry, you can't. No reason, no yep. other, not even if you'd taken drugs. If you'd yep. been to certain areas in the world, you mm-hmm. were not allowed to give blood. And yet, this... Uh, vaccinated it's it's gonna i mean cause a massive problem pure blood unvaccinated blood and vaccinated blood i remember asking we we asked this question before at the very early stages of the vaccine rollouts we were we the question was asked what's going to happen to blood banks now with, with people that have been vaccinated does this stay in our blood for you know long enough that you, you you can't wait a certain period before, you know, you donate blood. The, the question has now been answered multiple times over. Um, if you've been can't vaccinated donate. and you give blood, that vaccinated blood can kill whoever uh, it, it, it takes the transfusion. It, it we know why they removed it in California now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course it can. It's, it's, it's overcomplicated. I mean, it's it's already got the ability to cause immunodeficiency, and you're actually, it's not, the point The point of being a doctor, being medical, being a parent, being anybody in the care system of life is to reduce as much harm to anybody as possible. And the first, if you could take a simple step of saying, look, it's here, so we've got a hospital who, funnily enough, couldn't find it, and then a baby died. Then there's another one where the, the, the government itself was pushing to have this done, and you can guarantee it's staged. You can guarantee the chances are they found and had unvaccinated blood, yeah? yeah? But they still won't be open about it, and... It, it, it's horrible. I mean, I'm waiting for um, some backup to see historically how this all ends out. But it, it, it's ridiculous. I was going to say unethical, but then that would lead me to Germany. <laughs> okay. Alina, how do you say B-U-Y-X, the name? B-U-Y, that's a new one on me. Uh, but, well, that's I her surname, know. Alina Bikes uh, or something. She's the chairman of the German Bikes. the German Ethics Council. Oh, God. <laughs> she made a statement the other day. It was Bought quite and paid for by the World Health Organization. Yeah, yeah go on. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who advocates a fundamental review of COVID policy, who demands personal, 
if necessary, legal consequences is an enemy of democracy. Oh, here we go. Okay, enemy of democracy. Okay, yeah, here we go. So the uh, the vice, I want to say it was the vice president or something of the European Parliament. I can't think of of what the lady's name is right now, but she stood up. Uh, it was. I want to say it was like a, like a week or so ago, or two weeks ago, or something like. Maybe it was before Christmas, and she publicly said at the podium, "We've got to launch investigations into vaccine related deaths when it comes to COVID nineteen." Yeah. And so now you've got all the pundits, you know, coming out and and giving their two cents and saying enemies of the state and whatever. The World Health Organization today said that anybody that doesn't, or I'm sorry, yesterday said that anybody that doesn't take, or anybody anybody that doesn't take, or anybody that advocates as an anti vaxxer is worse than a global terrorist oh yeah i mean i mean she did as such as you know if you if 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 you actually bring to the fore uh your worries about mental health damage loss of life vaccine injuries as if you're still alive obviously because it'd be vaccine injuries and your life has changed these are all negative aspects you shouldn't bring to the fore because it's against democracy and that's the german ethics council that's ridiculous come on I mean, somebody did make a nice analogy of it, though, and they hit it on the head. They actually said this is like um, uh, a hit and run driver realizing that they'd, what they'd done and was hoping <laughs> no one had noticed or will say anything. <laughs> and that's about it sums it up. And it, 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 it's so good. And I, I, I made a note of that because I said, that is a spot on analogy, that is. We've uh, just gone just careering for... down the road of life, smashing into whatever on their merry way and just hope that it's all gonna just go away for clarification for the listener it's uh bikes is there how it's bikes. okay all right i've got the uh, uh, yeah i've got the article here uh this is uh this was done on just a second december 21st so yeah it was before christmas uh german parliament vice president calls for investigation into covid vaccine deaths and damages chief pathologist and his team this is what she said uh at at the podium in the parliament, she says chief pathologist and his team discovered that 30 percent of the people they examined who died shortly after the COVID vaccination, the vaccination was of co- uh, was the cause of death. Um, the Bundestag, which is the general, uh, wh- excuse me, which is the German parliament, um, yeah. Vice President uh, Wolfgang Kubicki, I, I guess. I, sorry, that's it. That doesn't sound it German. Doesn't really <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, is calling for an autopsy for those who died shortly after receiving the COVID vaccine. Uh, she thinks that it is, uh, is it she? Essential. Yeah, essential for, essential that every unexplained death that occurs within 14 days after COVID vaccination is automatically registered as a suspected case with the Paul Ehrlich Institute, which is like their version of the uh, the CDC. Uh, another rival party, the FDP, uh, politicians says investigating a link between vaccination, myocarditis, and death is imperative. In doing so, they referred to a recently published study uh, by Peter uh, Schirrmacher, who is the chief pathologist at the Heidelberg University Clinic, which is one of their top medical schools here. Uh, and Schirrmacher said... Uh, he and his team discovered that in 30% of people they examined who died shortly after the COVID vaccination, that vaccination was the cause of death. Yeah. And the thing is, the two of the major things that they will find, that the chances are they are going to find kidney damage. No matter what happens, they will find that because we know that the actual virus tries to call that. Yeah. The virus actually tries to cause that, but the vaccine definitely does. And then you've got any uh, heart problems. Yeah, it's going to be organ damage because the the, the actual vaccine, um, if you've got any underlying problems, it will heighten them. It is 
it, it, it's it's disgusting. I'm sorry, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I got a clip here. It's just about 30 seconds of Dr. Peter McCullough on uh, a podcast just the other day, and he's giving. And this is after the the case in the U.S. The, of the American footballer that went down, but this is his assessment now, and he's 100 percent sure of it. You tweeted, you retweeted, I should say, a Rasmussen report. It says died suddenly. More than one in four people think someone they know died from the COVID-19 vaccine. I've been dealing with you for a year, sir. Your story has always been the same. You've been very consistent. Is the vaccine killing people? Yes or no? I'm going to be very clear about this. And I've recently just testified in the U.S. Senate, December 7th, 2022, the vaccine is killing people and is killing large numbers of people. It fulfills all the criteria for the Bradford Hill tenets of causality for a medicinal product causing death. Our CDC, as of December 23rd, 2022, has over 16,000 Americans that have died within a few days of taking the vaccine. Now, and that's now, probably a gross underreport. Yeah. Do you yep. want to know a couple of other things? Uh, you might find By all it means, interesting. Go right ahead. Right. Um, oh, first of all, I want to clear something up uh, for Marty because I said I'd do it for him uh, because he, he couldn't find the time. Remember you triggered him off about um, Andrew Brigden, the Northwest Leicestershire yes. MP? Yes, the and one that was expended. They said he, they, was, well, he was suspended yeah, for... Yeah, they said he was suspended, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. But the suspension was only from the House, a two-day sitting... And then a further three days sitting because he didn't fo- follow the rules, apparently, of lobbying. So he wasn't suspended from being an MP. Okay. He was suspended from the House for so many Got days. Okay. So he's still a practicing MP. Yeah. So I just okay. thought I'd. So if anybody yeah. wants to talk to him, go ahead because he's a really interesting man. And there is a um, site called uh, NHS 100K in this country. And they started it up in November. And uh, it's set up by a group of uh, ambulance workers who support freedom of choice and reject vaccine mandates. Now, it's grown since then. It incorporates other NHS social care, clinical staff and so on, um, which include the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. Right. So there's a group here that want to get the information out there. And they actually um, did uh, a talk with... um, uh, Mr. Brigden, and it was a quite an interesting one, really, um, because uh, they asked him whether he still held a seat, and he made it quite clear, and and he still does. And oh, by the way, just a quick point: he might be coming over to America because he wants to meet up with uh, people like um, uh, DeSantis. Mm-hmm. He's in Florida, yeah, and Rand Paul, I think he said the other one was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he wants to meet up with them. And see what information they got to share. Now, one thing he really had interest in stuff today, because he's been in contact with a lot of, uh, you could say, security services people who actually resigned from their post. And these these are the people that um, said things like they knew what was going on in September 2019, and they were told not to take the vaccine or get tested. Mm-hmm. Right? Also... In the summer of 2019, COVID was in Europe. And say that again. It was co- say, hold on. COVID. Say, say, give me the date again, please. September. September of yeah. 2019. Yeah. Okay. It was in Europe okay. and apparently quite high in Italy. I was 
at that time, at that exact time in September of 2019, that's when GP was here. Mm -hmm. And after he left, he and I were in the city for, uh, I want to say it was like three days, two or three days around a whole bunch of people. I mean, this is before all the, you know, the craziness and lockdowns and everything like that, obviously. But uh, he and I were amongst, you know, all the all the crowds in the city and everything. And after he left, I was down sick for I want I'm and I mean bad for I want to say like two, three weeks. I mean it was it was bad. The thing was, right, and I'll I'll tell you a bit more in a minute. The thing was, COVID was out there. I'm not just saying it, there is proof. But it was out there in autumn of twenty nineteen. Yeah. And the thing is People were suffering just flu or severe flu symptoms, etc. Nobody was dying. It was already out there. And the thing is, they did cancer biopsy samples. They checked them out from them times, yeah? 15% of all these cancer samples, which are held, had COVID-19, right? Of that time of 2019. Now in London, right, our water and sewage authorities sample the sewage and the water in London, and they keep these samples, yeah? So they thought they'd have a look at them as well. And these showed COVID-19 circulating in autumn 2019. But we didn't have even the name of it until 2020. Funny that. Huh. Okay. (laughs) No, this is coming out now, and this is... I mean, he's been digging. He's got a wealth of information. He's been vaccinated twice as well, and he has a couple of problems. And he's suffering a bit himself. So it's now established that COVID-19 was out and about, not dangerous, no fatalities, flu-like symptoms, no pandemic alert yet. So what does that say? Small release. Then you get the story of accident, the story of the bat. Then the game's on, then you get lockdowns and you get vaccines. And as soon as the vaccines, the lockdowns and the vaccines hit, what do you get? Uh, you get spikes death. in, you get spikes everything. in, ill health, mass death, everything goes haywire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. And so, yeah. And so he's alive and kicking, doing his job and pushing forward, which is a nice thing. So you've got a site there, people, if you want to have a look or check out NHS 100K. But you can also follow Mr. Brigden and see where he takes us. He's advocating and he's trying to get around, which is nice. Which is a positive thing for the new year, and we've we've got every person that stands up. It's something I mean, say mm-hmm. new people mm-hmm. for the new year. What other? Oh yeah, sorry, you started me on COVID to begin with. Well, before before you jump to that, you talked about the the increases in cancer numbers in your list of statistics. There, um, we've got some well, good no, news. it was the cancer biopsies of the time. Yeah, but um, well, we've yes, had an increase the, of of cancers. We're in the in the thousands of percentage points now. Of yeah, of I know, and is there is a um, the, the more people look into it, I, I remember. Listen to the podcast this week. I, I, I was I was telling Bruce before this. I said I was actually doing something and looking into something, and I was listening to the podcast. And you said you were going to speak to me about something on Friday, and I went, "Yeah, I know about that." About yes. the other antibodies and that that are occurring in large quantities within the bodies. The thing is, it, it's like what people have got to understand: um, cancer, right? Cancer is just, it's not like this um, thing that's always going to kill you. It's whatever. It's your body, right? It's your body has joined the enemy. It's a condition where cells in a specific part of your body grow and reproduce uncontrollably, right? So basically what we've got here is we've got 
these lipo nanoparticles send in your spike proteins everywhere and your body's trying to fight it in all manner of areas of the body but what they've also found is is that um there are more antibodies in greater numbers being produced and the minimum they are doing is confusing the hell out of your system as much as the your systems uh is going immune deficient because it's continually trying to fight this ever burgeoning number of spike proteins but then you've got people that are doing a lot more research is saying well these antibodies are causing uh, a breakdown of cells and a cancerous reaction in many people but there's so much out there and they're trying to get to it the truth of the matter is yes there is a rise in cancers everywhere this is a possibility that is just the information as it gets so far so yeah, there are rising cancers. Sorry to yes. in, Johnny, but no, 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 no. You're you're perfectly fine. I'm actually I'm glad you set that up as the pretext because we have a solution for that. Now this new hope for cancer but, patients tonight as the health secretary has signed a deal to speed up research into treatments. The agreement with pharmaceutical giant BioNTech means patients in England will get early access to trials exploring personalised therapies. Our reporter Leila Hayes joins us in the studio. Leila, good to talk to you. It, it sounds encouraging, doesn't it? And it's it's all linked to the COVID pandemic. So tell us a bit more about it. Well, during the pandemic, scientists and doctors from all over the world worked together to develop COVID vaccines much faster than normal, and they were also approved faster than normal. Now they want to do the same to help cancer patients. Now, we all remember uh, when Margaret Keenan became the first person in the world to receive the COVID vaccine. That was, of course, the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. Uh, and Britain has now become the first country in the world to sign up to a partnership with the German company BioNTech, which it's hoped will bring us closer to a cancer vaccine. Experts say it will use the same mRNA technology as the COVID vaccine. Oh. Oh. but will work in a different way. This is, this is not about preventing cancer. This is about someone has been, someone has got a cancer. Um, they are receiving treatment for it. And what we're doing is we're looking at what that cancer looks like, looking at what the molecules on its surface look like and seeing if there are any of those that we can use and we can take and we can show them to the immune system. It's a bit like a photo fit for catching a criminal, really. We're showing the cancer, we're showing the immune cells this is what that cancer looks like and you should go after it and attack it. And cancer vaccines is a great way of trying to do that. So Leila, such positive news for cancer patients. When could trials start? Well, it's hoped the trials could start as early as September this year. There will be a development hub in Cambridge and they're hoping to deliver personalised treatments to 10,000 patients by the year 2030. Still a long way to go on this, but it has the potential to transform outcomes for cancer patients. An absolute positive step forward. Leila, thank you. Lots to take in there. And, and by 2030, Bruce, I know you, I noticed you caught that part. Yeah. Lovely date, that 2030. Yeah, 2030. 2030 yeah. and then the 2050. Yeah. yeah. Uh, wonderful times. So they're, they're going to be using that same mRNA technology. Yeah. And like I led to you, that lady led somewhere else saying yep. they pushed it out quick. It was authorized. As soon as she said not authorized. Approved, not approved. She said approved, which was, yeah. it was not approved. It was right. authorized. Remember? Back in the really early days, I said, basically, none of this is going to come to any good unless the umbrella of the pandemic, the state of emergency, is removed. And they will keep the bastard going, excuse me, and just so that they can further their means. And there was something I used to itch in the back of my head, and it still did. And it was this niggling thought that people like the FDA and the CDC made recommendations but did 
not officially authorise anything and put themselves behind it. I was wondering why. And yet you had that one person in each country, like you had Fauci, standing up in front of everybody saying this, yeah? And so what do you do? You look back at stuff. And then I came across another lawyer that was doing some digging. And it took me back to 2005, right? When your federal law had been slowly modified over the years. And then in 2005, the legislation altered to say that at a time of emergency uh, and measures had to be applied in such a time, yeah, the FDA has no power of decision. That's in your law, right, under a state of emergency. And they come up with a saying called OTA, which means Other Transaction Authority. So basically someone or something steps in to authorise everything or be the voice or whatever when the normal situation and approval authorities have no power. So obviously this is going to be a voice of government in some respects or whoever's pulling the strings. And this means under current law, in a state of emergency, one person is allowed, one person is required, right? It was a heading at that time said the Health and Human Services Secretary. Yeah, that was what was written in there. And it basically, I think, I can't find this specific type, but I'm sure I'd find something similar within UK law and then in European law as well. So where these emergency acts override it. So basically, this means that if it's in law and I can find it, legal counsels must already know. How bad does that make it? So since the FDA and the CDC have no power, then who? And it seems in your country, people that have been pulling the strings have been somewhere between the Pentagon and your National Security Agency. Mm-hmm. But to bring everything up to date, yeah, in 2013, who was the president around 2013? That would be uh, Barack Obama. Obama. Oh, that clown again. Yes, Funny how he's clown, got yeah. his foot into everything nasty. Uh-huh. That great man of the world has got his nasty, oh, I don't there was a thing called Pandemic Enterprise. I think they called it something like Pensy for short. But during that, this great man's reign, Obama, rules changed. And this is what you dig up. It says, informed consent under the Emergency Act, which you already know, the FDA and that don't have power. Informed consent is not required. Subjects do not have to be informed, even if it is detrimental. Clinical trials are not required, Right. So any time. that were carried, so <laughs> no, so any that were carried out was a smoke screen, and any that were carried out and it was a smoke screen and got harmed, people got harmed. That makes that a bit of a uh, calculated act, does it not? So under this, what they call the public health emergency emergency measures, you've got the Pentagon and the National Security Council treating it as a war. So they didn't have to call to call it a vaccine; it was called. A countermeasure. And that's closest to the truth because it was never a vaccine, was it? Because it didn't create immunity. But what was it a countermeasure to? Countermeasure. It's almost as if, I'm sorry to interject, but it's almost as if they're using the same terminology as the intelligence community. Huh. I wonder. Yeah. (laughs) Funny. Very, very intelligent. Mm -hmm. So basically, under the umbrella of this emergency measures, what they call the PrEP Act, everyone, now this is... This is why they don't care. Everyone along the supply chain 
are seen as government employees under this act, and there is no liability. Yes, that actually started and, the, and, and the no liability. That is what that is what that great man Obama gave to us in his office. The that zero liability while he was in office. Oh yeah, yeah, a lot happened while he was in office uh, that went yeah. unbeknown to the it's people. It's another thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that he had uh, horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the no liability thing, that actually started under Reagan. The pharmaceutical companies, the vaccine makers more specifically, went to Congress and said, we've got a problem. We're being sued and we're going to go out of business. So we need you to give us liability protection. And so they did. Oh, they did. They did. They did. Because if anything, well, anybody that was under government contract was free of liability. Yeah, you I know that it. one. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. And that was introduced then. If it was under government. But this is the emergency act and this is why those umbrellas are still up there and this is why this is why there's no accountability because but don't get me wrong people this is what they think they think that they have the law on their side the law that they created there is no ethical grounding for this and this could be stripped straight out from under them if we can get the people to do it in the law system and that's the problem it's like New Zealand. They used to deduce judiciary. Uh, every country has used the judiciary. Every now and then, one of them makes something different. But the annoying thing about that is most of the people within the legal system must have known about these things because they have to know their law. They have to know where they stand. So do they make a stand or don't they? COVID's come, COVID's gone, but it's not finished. They attack you from, uh, okay, COVID's, COVID's with us whatever so we know we have to take our own medical line we have to look after ourselves that's our only answer to it as ourselves that's the best we can do and while we look after ourselves medically we and hopefully healthily we've 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 still got to have compassion for other people that are in worse off for us but that will allow us to continue because they they're getting at us from all other sides monetary sides you know, they're, they're hitting us from ever. You look at it, I mean, it's like new people coming in. What were we saying? Sri Lanka's looking for a new president. They're voting somebody else in, aren't they? Look what happened to that country. Sri Lanka is on the bottom of India. It's nowheresville to a lot of Western people. It's not even thought about by a lot of Western people. But that has the hallmark of everything that could happen to any Western world. At one time, it was... On the top of the ESG list. Now, we know the ESG is the WEF thing. Yes. Yeah. Basically, all it is, is basically to say, we will advise you on how your company is operating and how you're doing. And if you want investment, you will follow our guidelines. It's social so what did Sri Lanka? Yeah. So what did Sri Lanka do? They did. In fact, their president reduced the um, uh, synthetic fertilizer reduction it was by massively, yeah. They were shouted by the eco people and the WEF and everybody, which aren't shouting now, and you know why, because they've ruined the place, that they took a stand against climate change. They implemented all these policies that were told to them. The president at the time, I think is, well, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Atabaya Rajapaksa or something. I'll go it was with that. held as a... He was, he, yeah, that's the best I could do. He was hailed as a visionary, right? So he put bans on all forms of synthetic fer, uh, uh, fertilizer, yeah? And 
what happened? They gave him an ESG rating of 98.1. And they gave him loads of loans. Ah, yeah, his loans, you know, do this, do this, whatever. Ah, when 2.1 million farming households are forced to go organic basically overnight, what happens? Uh, Let me think. Crop yields fall. There's loads of, hang on, reduction in availability of food. It becomes a landslide into poverty and mass hunger. They were eventually importing rice, which cost them billions. But they still had these loans to pay back, which these kind investors, backed by the WEF and everything because of their ESG and these ideas that they helped them with to make them, oh, really good for climate change, wasn't good for the country. In fact, it fell to bits. It got so far into debt that these kind people that would show them the true path, legged it and left them. And the country just literally nearly burnt itself down. President ran and left. So this was the upheaval we saw in Sri Lanka over the summer. Yeah. Was exactly yeah. this. Yeah. So he's left. They tore, they tore his presidential accommodation down looking for him. So these are the ideals of the elitists. If you follow it, think of Sri Lanka and you'll follow it to your ruin. That was a test case of theirs. And they're happily not talking about it. But everyone, go and see what they've done. They're still doing this fertilizer thing. They're still talking about this carbon footprint. They're still talking about this. They're trying to mess the Netherlands up. They're trying to mess all the farming communities up. Canada, that idiot Trudeau, who literally needs to be left somewhere on the moon. So miraculously, that horrible piece of whatever could never be put back together. And a monument should be made of nothing concerning him. Fact. I wouldn't desecrate the moon with him. I'd just, no, it's horrible. But yeah, it was a hard lesson, people. Look at the history of Sri Lanka and watch it. See the rise and fall by WEF, by BlackRock, by Chinese money coming into it. It is disgusting. They've ruined a whole people there and they walked away and they don't care. And that's what they do. They don't care. It's the same fact, thing with I Ukraine. Be, uh, They've ruined I would, the whole yeah. people. Yeah, I know. You've got you've got soldiers out there. Uh, that um, Zelensky is, and these generals are probably threatening to shoot if they don't want to play stupid games in the winter and everything else. And they are... No, it's a meat I, grinder. I've got no time it's a meat for, grinder. Yeah. You know, I, I was asking Bruce this question. Maybe we can discuss this just for just a second. I, I mean, I know you got more, but... Um, and this is a very real possibility. About, uh, I want to say it was like three or four months ago, the Biden administration made a change to the military policy in the United States. Bruce, you were, you and I were discussing that yesterday. Everybody got to wear a dress. You're close. They <laughs> changed it to where women, and I'm not talking about transgender women, I mean women, as in biological females, can now be drafted into military service. They can be conscripted. All right. Yeah. And so we're, we're looking at that and we're thinking, what on earth are they doing that for? Well, we're approaching the winter, like the harsh winter months. Now, the problem is, is that when the Russians are in some type of an armed conflict in Eastern Europe or in their own country, history shows that they always wait for the winter deep freeze before they can actually push a final assault on something and make progress. Because they, they've always known how to use it. Exactly. So the, and, and the ground freezes 
usually around February or March. But the problem is, is that you need a good, hard, deep freeze, right? You're a military guy, right? You're, you're a retired military guy. You need a good, hard, deep freeze, and you need that ground to be frozen for two solid weeks at least. And then it needs to stay frozen before you can start moving military vehicles. Well, yeah. if... They have that freeze on, and you know we're we're in our we're in you know fifty degrees Fahrenheit over here in, in this part of the world right now, which is very odd for this time of year. I know people that were going on ski trips uh, just in the you know the the local mountains here, and they've had to cancel because there's no snow, which is odd because it's the middle of January. But nonetheless, um, this breaking out into a wider conflict. Do you think they could bring a draft back? It, now, that's provided that you have increased Russian activity in the country of Ukraine. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I mean, People I, are discussing I mean, put this. It this way, put it this way, yeah, I know. Putin deliberately pulled back. Yeah? He pulled back from areas, like we said, he'd go back across the river and leave that town empty. The thing is, they emptied of civilians first, right? All the civilians left. So you, all you had there were mainly buildings for Zelensky to say, "Wow, well, we've pushed the Russians back." No, they—that was what you call a strategic withdrawal. Why? Because we're moving our forces back, and you can have that. The people don't want it, and we're going to wait. And he is waiting, and it is a game, and it's a game that Zelensky, if he plays stupid games, the West. God, I hate saying the West because I know I'm in the West. But the Western governments are playing this horrible game. They just want, like you say, that meat grinder to continue going round and round and round. And it's doing my bloody head in. Because how much money do you think has been wasted or been put into that? Just Ukraine. Well, we know Sri Lanka. If you yeah. think about Sri Lanka, how many, how many billions of money was wasted there? But yeah. Well, this is not just Ukraine. billions of wasted money. This is billions of wasted armaments and personnel and, and everything else you can think of. Not to mention the fact that it's how do how do I put this? You've got the Russians, the Chinese, the Western countries, they're all funneling resources into this. Now it's not it's like it's like a nexus it's, point and everything it, it is piling into it. Yeah, maybe that's the term I'm looking for. Is like a nexus point. It's like it's like everything's just kind of going there, and it's like I, I think that the Chinese want the West, as in like all of the NATO countries, they want us tied up in there. And oh, yeah. whenever they make their move on Taiwan, we won't be able to respond. You're not going to be able they're to fight a war on two fronts. They're not. They're not going to respond to Taiwan anyway. No, no, I don't think they will. I, I don't think they no. will at all. See, it's New Year. Yeah, I find it, and I always have found it. Uh, it's oh, it, it's time for renewal. It's time we've got to we've had our breath. We've got to move forward. We've got to wake up. We've got to not give up. We've got to try and see clean things clearly. And one of the best ways to see things clearly is by reflection. The trouble is, there's so many years of this. There's decades and decades of this, which all this information is bombarding people now. Oh, we have known about. In small groups, they want to call them conspiracy theory groups or whatever else, a long time. These threads and this information is out there. And sometimes it's good to reflect on the past. And every time I think that something pops up, and there was a horrible name that popped up the other day when I was looking into something just about, you know, uh, eugenics and things like that. And it took me right back to really early days. Um, you'll know him, Paul Ehrlich. Paul Ehrlich. 
Harlick. Yeah, I've got a, yeah, I got a book. Friend. Actually, I got a book right here of him. Um, human ecology. Horrible. I got global ecology. I got eco science. Yeah. Uh, these yeah. are these are sick, twisted, disturbed individuals. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he was the first president of the Zero Population Growth Organization. Yes, yes. he's a neo-Malthusian he, freak, is what he is. <laughs> he was a miserable excuse for a human being, as yes. far as I'm concerned. Yes, yes. In his days, like you were showing, Johnny, he published all manner of papers. He made loads of predictions, which came to nothing. Mm-hmm. Now, this miserable bastard, right? He's, he's never been a man of science, but he's been somebody who's always looked down on others, yeah? He's blamed others for his underachievements, all his ideals and things that never came to anything. And basically, all it did is it left a legacy of hatred, which he manifested against humanity, basically. Because he was about 70s, he did have a lot of paperwork, didn't he? He put a lot of paperwork out in the 70s and 80s, I think. And he really tried to pile all sort of predictions in, even to... The new millennia. In 2014, he was interviewed, and I think the interview went to a point where they <laughs> they wanted to know about what he thought of a possible future where things got so bad that man returned to cannibalism. And you can guess what his answer was. And he said, and this was his, and he said, nothing would please him more than the poor eating each other. And itself was the true answer of the man this is what happens when a man blames everything he's a sociopath he blames everything all his things that he said were going to be something all his ideas that amounted to nothing were taken away by obviously someone else and it was somebody else's fault he had a problem with humanity and i tell you what he is the mirror there's a mirror image in that man of a certain man nowadays that had a company and was doing very well and he had it taken away from him by the monopolies and everything and he really built it on the back of others and that man is called gates and he is a modern day poison of this he is a mirror image of this man because when it is once again your subconscious works you're giving it what is it about bill gates that makes me itch then you find out that he has the same mannerisms, the same hatred towards humanity as this man. And basically, this man, he had a seat on the Club of Rome, if I believe. I that believe is correct. That, uh, that is correct. Yeah. Uh, he wrote this book right here. This is uh, this is one of many. I've got uh, the other three here. This was uh, this was written by Paul Ehrlich, uh, Anne Ehrlich, uh, his <laughs> wife, uh, and a man by the name of John P. Holdren. John P. Holdren was a professor at Harvard University, and he was also the science czar under both terms of President Barack Obama. Yeah, wouldn't it just be that wouldn't, great you man know. again? Yeah. We actually did a podcast on <laughs> uh, on segments of this book. Uh, it was actually called The Real Target, Populations, Resources, and Environment, if anybody would like to go back and listen to it. And in there, we discussed... And as we were reading through some of this, and I'll, I'll see if I can dig through it now while you're talking, but we talked about how this is basically like this is this ideology that comes out of this book is it, it's modern Gates. It's modern Bill Gates. Yeah, like that's, it is. that's where it he is. takes his inspiration he, from this. He is the mirror image. Yep. And, uh, you know, to me, that was my subconscious finding its answer. Yeah. That is what, something that made me itch about that deplorable man. 
gates and it led me there and i went that is why that is why you are so alike i mean this club of rome i mean i mean the late 60s and 70s they've always created their crisis agenda haven't they population stress climate control carbon emissions the world needs global management it's all come out of that festering hole so you have who the wef davos un these idealists go on and on and they will fall from grace in fact they have no grace they're horrible the problem is they have they always manage to find mouthpieces that people admire and you know it's like in this country yeah i just thought of something that used to really annoy me in this country we have um what we call soap operas yeah and there's a program called EastEnders. Oh yeah, in the US and we have I, Days of oh Our Lives. My, that's the oh my that's god, the big one I hate, I hated it. And when it went, when when it go on the telly, I used to walk out the room. And you're not going to sit with me and watch this, don't you? Want to sit? You know, as your wife would say, would you want to watch? Oh, I'm not watching that. Why? They say, I'll tell you why. Because over a period of so many months, they'll introduce new characters that are really nice and normal people, but within a year. They will have either murdered somebody or be a totally despicable person. And that is the cycle it goes through. And that is what these elitists do. They find mouthpieces. When I was growing up, people used to support things like the WWF and so many causes like that. But the WWF and these causes are mouthpieces. They are people which are funded by certain others. They have a problem because when they started to pump out all the papers, all the cuddly toys and whatever, if you really truly cared, you wouldn't do that. You would just ask people to sponsor you so all the money went in the right direction and it wouldn't just be a, a juggling of money and a movement of stuff like that. And today, they've even found some more. I mean, they're pushing this population thing, yeah? Now, one of the latest ones is back in the 90s. It was, it was even before the 90s, was it? Um, remember Jane Goodall, the lady that was the um, champion of the simians, the apes, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. in the jungle and Jane stuff Goodall, like that. Yeah. Yeah. She uh -huh. was, she always, she got so far into it and she got so, um, a lot of people said she, 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 she what, what's the word? She went, um, not tribal, you know, back, back to the natural side of things. And she started to advocate that for all these animals to survive the population would have to be reduced to what it was 500 years ago it needs to go down to 450 million or half a billion or whatever yeah and she's always been one of them and now she is a forthright in her aging days another mouthpiece for this and alongside that another icon for those children that have grown into adults and always watch david attenborough on the telly through the bbc doing all these wonderful nature things and talking about the creatures of the world and now he's another advocate for it about population whether but between you've got two aging people there and somewhere in the middle of them you've got greta thunberg right why does that and, name have to come up what oh god and i'll tell you what between two aging voices that deserve to turn in their grave if they push this to become unhumanitarians as i would like to call them yeah if they go for this population thing and keep doing it is thunberg being prepared to carry on where these two drop off the line i don't know because thunberg have you seen her lately 
She's not looking good. She's not. No. She's not looking good at all. She looks very unhealthy. Do you think her conscience is catching her? Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I, oh, well, I, I take a one. look. Well, yeah, then uh, it's just how much are you going to pay me to stand out here and say whatever you need me to say? Um, but I, I mean, I, I can tell when somebody doesn't physically look well and she doesn't physically look well. She's packing on some pounds. I'll just put it that way. Maybe she's turning into a simian. Maybe. I don't know. Or she's eating too many bugs. I, I don't know. <laughs> Probably. But I mean, if you think about it, basically, this is just that same eugenics program created by those ugly anti-humanitarians of decades ago under the guise of climate narrative. And I, I, I despair. I despair. I mean, I, you're not going to be remembered. You should stand your ground. There's nobody within any of the industries to do with uh, whether it's TV, film, whatever. They've all caved under the thumb of who? The media is not there for the people. It is just fogging everything and what we need is basically open journalism from the people to keep pushing through things through their phone letting people know what's going on so we can try and keep in touch with things uh what do they call it the new deal for nature 30 by 30 un goal where 30 percent of the world's land and sea are untouched by humans this is all pushed by a un agenda have you actually seen and we were talking about money yeah and how it's all getting piled into whatever. We're talking billions, trillions. How much has been wasted in the last two years, three years? It's an unimaginable about money, yeah? Uh, I can't even... I mean, we, we've thrown away countless trillions in the United States. I think yeah. I think even before we, we went crazy with all of it, just with the uh, the COVID thing, so you, I think so we threw like nine trillion. You've got the, you got the yeah, warmonger yeah. in, in just yeah. these last couple of years. Yeah. Well, so just, much money, just right? the vaccine. Just the vaccine stuff. And paying the the like the overnight loans, the businesses and, and the bailouts and all that stuff and the bail-ins or what, whatever the hell they called it, all the PPE deals and uh, and the ventilators and, and everything else, right? The, the masks and, and everything. Oh, the oh, hospitals being paid. Yeah, it was like nine and a half trillion dollars is what we spent. Just that. Yeah, okay. That was before okay. the like right. the whole Zelensky thing. <laughs> Round it up to ten. It's a lovely number. Yeah, okay. Ten trillion, right? Now, there's an advert going around at the moment sponsored by the UN called Feed the World. And apparently it takes 80 cents to feed a starving child per day. So we'll call it a dollar, shall we? A dollar, not 80 cents, one dollar per child per day. And they say on this advert that there are 20 times as many people with smartphones as there are with starving children. So get the app and share your meal. So they're taking all the money off the people and put in Energy prices up, food prices up, whatever else, they're hiking it up, and they're still asking the people to put their hand in the pocket, which I am sure they will do, and they will get this app. Now, if you think about it, if it takes $1 a field, one child a day, right, it'll take $365 to field that child a year food. Call it 400 to round it up if you want. 10 years, a mere $4,000 one child. How many four thousands could you put into a trillion? Just one of them. Four thousand billion is nearly half a trillion. So you say, so you take the four thousand off and you're left with one billion. Yeah? One billion starving children for ten years is less than half a trillion. And what number did you come out with? 
Ten. You know what the problem is? I'll tell you what the problem is. You're talking about things that actually work and make sense. Yeah, but that's their own I understand. I understand. So, However, they're not going to do that. We know they're not going to do it. But the idea is they've put that out in the front of the people, yeah? To make the, the to, to draw, uh, saying we're good. This is our idea, or whatever. It's your idea, and you're doing the opposite. You're funneling everything into a world that you're breaking, yeah. And you're asking the people to repair it. But you know they can't repair it because you'll keep funneling more money in the opposite direction. So people, your governments, the elites, the UN, NATO, all of them are lying. Just wake up. They're lying. And the children are paying a price. Feed a billion children less than half a trillion. Yeah. Zelensky is worth over 700 million. He's done quite well. And everyone else that might be tied in with him. And the kids are still starving. So you eco-warriors, you lying bunch of shitheads, a lot of you do not care. It is just a farce. You, are, you, you Every time... You make one move, it's just hypocrisy. And that's what the people have got to wake up to. The people, if you want to donate some money or if you want to do something, go and do it. Don't put it in the pocket of these bastards. Go and let your feet take you there because it is just ridiculous. Uh, Oh, by the way, people, (laughs) especially in the UK, I've got some good news for you. I don't only want to... Um, hike of energy prices up, hike your food prices up. Uh, I found something really interesting the other day because there was a, 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 a title document and it was actually run by something called UK Fires. Have you heard of them? I have not, no. Oh, funny why they'd call themselves UK Fires. Listen to this and you'll understand why they hide it in such a really funny way. They are, they, it says, locating, right, resource efficiency at the heart of future industrial strategy. So they've gone future industrial strategy and put the resource efficiency in the middle. So they call themselves UK fires. Is that misdirection or what? Oh, it's really strange. And uh, apparently, yeah, so they're, once again, they're funded by UK research and innovation budget of six billion, that's UKRI, which apparently is a non-departmental body of the government which is funded through the science budget of the Department of Business Energy. So they're non-department, but they're funded through a department, okay, of they're funded through Business Energy and Industrial Strategy. Right. So in 2019, that's quite a year, isn't it? It's becoming quite a year, 2019. Both Houses of Parliament unanimously approved a change in the UK's Climate Change Act to target zero emissions in 2050. Another resounding date. Further Just, uh, reinforced by... W- one on. sec. One sec. Did you say zero emissions by 2050? <laughs> and that's, z- so we're clear, zero carbon emissions, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is what they wanted. This was their idea. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. It gets better. Just, it gets, yeah, yeah. We're, I'm just keeping yeah, with it because it, it, it doesn't better. it doesn't get any better than what I'm about to, to ask here. <laughs> what do we exhale? <laughs> exactly. Okay. You want us all dead, mate. Yeah. yeah. Let's reduce the <laughs> yeah. You got it. Yeah, you got it. Further reinforced by the government's target of 2030 and 2035. So they pulled back and said, we got to achieve these earlier. Right. The Climate Change Act, Zero Emissions, has a later report, advice, from UK fires called Absolute Zero. <laughs> and this policy, this report, 
was tabled in 2019. Now, UK Fires is a collaboration of academia, i.e. universities of Cambridge, Oxford, Nottingham, Bath and the Imperial College London, of which our residing professor, Neil Ferguson, is part of. The total toe rag. Mr. Armageddon. You know it. <laughs> Mr. Armageddon. Right. So, briefly, what what, what this um, report says, all airports in the UK are to close, with the exception of three. Do you remember me telling you this? Heathrow, Glasgow, and Belfast. Now, they're to close between 2020 and 2029. But those three can stay open on one condition. That... All transfers to and from them are done by rail only. Electric rail. And also, yeah, yeah, exactly, electric rail. And obviously, on top of this, they've bunged a few other things like beef and lamb have got to be reduced and then got rid of eventually. Um, they want to phase out flying, shipping. See, I said lamb and beef. Oh, blast furnaces and cement is on their list as well. And how are they going to do this? Let me see. Transport is to be made more expensive. Yes, yeah, part of their uh, it's part of their circular reduce the movement, yeah, reduce the movement of, of people. Yeah. yeah, hang on. I thought I had three hours, two hours, one hour. Oh, I'm down to fifteen minutes. Yeah, education is to be radically manipulated to specifically fit jobs required. Who chooses that? Psychological manipulation and coercion to gain people support by hang on changing prices and incentives by if you toe the line. And obviously, there's got to be prohibition of certain types of behavior. What a document. And this is the academia rolling this out. These are the advices to the UK government. So if any of Martin's friends are out there that say, I'll do something when it affects me. Yeah, it's coming. Read that document. That might just wake you up. I don't know. I've got got loads, mate. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that you do. I was, I mean, the one, the worry, one, one of the few worrying aspects that I haven't chased into yet was remember when you did um, a um, comment on, was it Sears? The, the Sears pandemic, next, yeah, the tabletop. The, the, ne- the ne- next yeah. pandemic uh-huh. thing, yeah. Now, it looked into that and it was called cat- cat- catastrophic something or other. Uh-huh. They actually named it something, didn't they? Catastrophic contagion. And that was held on 23rd of October, right? So you had the WHO, Bill and Melinda Gates foundation and obviously who is that university of the john hopkins or whatever john's hopkins yeah yeah john hopkins on it because the two people uh did the original one in 2019 that ran it via the john hopkins uh-huh uh anita Ciro and tom inglesby that's his deputy director and the director uh the one worrying aspect about it is on the on the first one back in 2019 there was a hell of a lot of corporations business people everything else yeah on this one, it seems most of them are African-based personalities. So is that where the next one's going to break out? That's a good question. I, I think maybe there, there could be something to that because let's look at what they had with COVID. So they had the African continent was at the lowest uptake for any of the procedures or the vaccines or anything like that. 
they're going to get it next next (laughs) yeah they did test uh well that's that's been a dumping ground for the bill and melinda gates foundation for god knows how long now but the one thing they did test down there and bruce brought this up at the time was common pass bruce remember common pass they tested that that was the world economic forum thing they tested Mm. that down there you could only cross between i believe it was uh, it was nigeria and one of the other countries where you had to have that common pass in order to be able to to pass across which was that was the beginning of what we saw the the rollout of of the uh, the covid passport uh, here in the um, western countries yeah, so, well, yeah, there I could mean, be something uh, to that. Well, the thing is, if, if you look at if you look at it, basically there was ten current and former health ministers. Yeah, and the, the, the there's representatives from Senegal, Rwanda, Nigeria, Angola, Liberia, Singapore, India, Germany. I don't quite get that one. And okay, the, the Gates Foundation, and that's that. What made up most of the people? Whereas before, in 2019, it was very corporate. And there's quite a few government nasties in there. So I'm just wondering. I'm, I'm just wondering. And this was that catastrophic contagion tabletop exercise, which is held in Belgium in October. And I looked at the different types of people. And I thought, well, if they you relate to what they did with the first one, why would they have a specific group from a specific part of the world in this one? Is this what we won't know unless it does, will we? But that's about it for me, really. I don't know what to say, really. It's a lovely phase. I'd like to leave people with. Yeah, go on. <laughs> I mentioned, mentioned it to Bruce early on. I said there's a lovely phase, a, a phrase um, called doom loop. It's basically the situation where medically I think we are in. Because each time you take a vaccine or you get boosted, you're, you get robbed of an immune tool to fight this coronavirus. That's why you get susceptible to it with all these extra antibodies that are clouding your systems. And... All you're going to do, and this is a prediction, and I, well, it doesn't need to be a prediction because it's happening already. Hospitalizations will rise, deaths will rise, healthcare systems will be put under such strain, it's going to be unbelievable. And of course, you're going to have those nice, wonderful immune side effects such as pancreatitis, kidney disease, even going to get aneurysms because this goes across every membrane you can think of. And like you guys were talking, and I think you looked into it. Heart attacks don't happen in the sports arena. They are very rare. You, If you have two over a period of long time, you won't get many. We have had an endless amount. And this, every lie upon lie about helping the aged, helping those whatever, is affecting all walks of healthy life. Everyone's susceptible. COVID actually, since it was out now, known out, out in 2019, the actual virus wasn't a problem. It is the vaccine and everything else that goes with it. And then you got everything else, the climate agenda, whatever else they want to do. Uh, best of luck, people. We'll see you next week. That's all I can say. Uh, yeah, hopefully it'll be a quieter one. Let's hope so. <laughs> well, actually, let's not, because I'm tired of hearing about this this crap that's going on up, up on the hill. Bruce, they've adjourned till 10 p.m. I guess they yeah. need to do a little bit more horse trade. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What is this, 11 now, I think? 12 we're on 12 uh, we're headed wow. to 13 yeah we're headed to 13 so ned we'll see you next week thank you for everything this week for those of you who'd like to send us some feedback please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamic podcast at protonmail.com also do you like the podcast you're listening to we do love having you as a listener and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends you know someone you're trying to wake up and get them to think on their own we would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction it's been a pleasure gentlemen thank you both for being here this evening thank you to all of the listeners everyone have a great evening happy to hear.